on today's Kids Corner. Go back and tell the child they want a comfortable house. Will Lucille be content with what she has, or will she ask for more? I want a large stone castle to live in. And more. I'd like to be president. And more. I want to be Lord of the Sun and Moon. Stay tuned. It's time for Kids Corner. Hi, Liz. 30 minutes of adventure. Well, it's only the coolest and most popular club in school. With Liz, Lucille, Skink, Spike, Scooter, Grandpa Noli, and all their friends. It isn't Liz and Lucille. So get set for lifetime adventures. Oh, I can't believe this. On Kids Corner. That is one strange lizard. Hi, and welcome to Kids Corner and the Clubhouse Theater. William Shakespeare's wrote, All the Land's a Stage. Well, I don't know about all the land, but this clubhouse certainly is a stage tonight, and all set for another show from Liz and the Gang. And here we go. Granny Gecko has just stepped out onto the stage. See you at intermission. Good evening, everyone. We're very happy to have you all here, and I hope you're all happy to be here. You see, in a way, our show is all about happiness. Or more precisely, being content. Now, that's not a very popular concept these days. We live in a world where folks feel there's something wrong with you if you're content with what you have. We're all supposed to want more and more and more. In fact, a lot of us wish there were some magical way we could get everything we want. Like the woman in our first story, which we've titled... The Trapper and the Toad. Once there was a trapper named Maury. Howdy. He lived with his wife, Lucille. Hello. In a poor little hut by the edge of the forest, Trapper Maury was very content with his lot. We have food and water and shelter, gainful employment, the sun in the morning and the moon at night. Who could ask for anything more? Apparently, his wife, Lucille, could. You bet to tell I could. I want something better for my life. One day, Trapper Maury went to check his traps. Because I'm a trapper. It's what I do. But when he checked a certain trap he had set near a large pond, he got a great surprise. Wowie kazowie! Sitting calmly in the trap was a huge toad, so big that the trap could barely hold it. Wowie yowie kazowie! I am some kind of great trapper, if I do say so myself. I mean, look at the size of this bad boy. He was feeling so pleased that he had caught so big a quarry that he was very surprised when it spoke to him. Hey, you buddy. Wah! Easy, big fella. Name's Liz. Toad Liz. But, but y- you can't talk. You hear words coming out of my mouth. Yeah? <laughs> then I guess I can talk, can I? But, 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 but you're a toad. Wow, nothing gets by you, does it? Well, and it's Toad Liz. But, 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 but look, y- look, as stimulating as this conversation is, you gotta let me out of here. Out? Yeah, as in not in, uncaged, free. Um, what, you wanted more formal language? Sure. Oh, fine. Pretty let me live, most noble hunter. Now open up your trap and get me out of here. Why should I? All right, all right. I didn't want to tell you, but I ain't no ordinary toad. You ain't? I ain't. I'm an enchanted one. Enchanted? Yeah. You know, special, charmed, pixelated. Uh (laughs) 
Didn't Chad never read no fairy tales? Well, yeah, but... Well, uh, then, you know, I got places to go, frogs to see, wishes to grant, and I can't do all that from in here, so let me out. Okay, okay, I mean, whatever else you may be, you certainly are a talker. Yeah, yeah, I got the gift of gab. Open the door already. Well, gladly, I want nothing to do with a toad that can talk. He opened the trap. Toad Liz hopped out and immediately left to the shore of the pond where he turned to Trapper Maury. Oh, and by the way, bud, thanks. He croaked and then jumped in the pond and disappeared beneath its surface. Well, I'll say one thing. This job certainly isn't boring. Trapper Maury returned to his little hut and told wife Lucille all that had happened. But when he got to where Toad Liz was enchanted, she stopped him. Enchanted? Did you ask it for anything? Well, no. Why? Should I have? Should you? Should you? Have you looked at this place lately? We live in a shack. Uh A dirty little shack. But you act like we have everything we want. Well, we do. I mean, we... No, we're wretches, Trapper Maury. Wretches! Now, go back and tell the toad we want a comfortable house. Oh, now, honey bun. Don't honey bunch me. Just go now. All right, all right. My, my, she can get mad quicker than any woman I ever saw. Trapper Maury went, and when he came to the pond, the water looked all yellow and green. He stood on the shore where the toad had disappeared and said, Enchanted Toad Liz, down with the fish. Ease my load, please. Grant my wish. The toad hopped up on a lily pad. Hey, ya buddy, what's shaking? Ah, <laughs> um, oh, don't tell me. You finally remembered I was an enchanted toad, didn't you? Well, yeah, sort of. Okay, out with it. What do you want? Well, it's not me, but the wife. She says when I caught you, I should have asked you for something before I let you go. Fair enough. So what does she want? Well, she doesn't like living in our little hut. She wants a comfortable house. I see. Yeah, I can do that. You can? But I warn you. It won't make her happy. Oh, sure it will. She's pretty easy to please. Uh Uh-huh. Go home, then. She's already in the house she wants. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Trapper Maury went home and found his wife standing in the doorway of a comfortable house. Behind the house was a yard with ducks and chickens pecking about in it, and beyond it was a garden where grew all sorts of flowers and fruit. Not bad, eh, husband? Wow, we not bad at all. We're sure to be happy now. And they were, for about a week. Then the wife said, There's not enough room in this house. What? You heard me. This house is too small. The yard, the garden, a lot smaller than they should be. But our house is a very, very, very nice house with two cats in the yard. It's a dump. I want a large stone castle to live in. A castle? That's right. So now go to the toad and tell him to give us a castle. I don't want to go to him again. What if I make him angry? We really should be content with a good house like this. Nonsense. You spared his life, and for that, he should be willing to give us a castle. Now go! All right. Trapper Maury went, but his heart was heavy. And when he came to the pond, the water was dark gray and looked very gloomy. He stood on the shore again and said, <sighs> Enchanted Toad Liz, down with the fish. Ease my load, please. Grant my wish. The toad again hopped up to the lily pad. You again? Yeah. What do you want now? Well, it's not me. It's the wife. She wants to live in a stone castle. Castle, huh? Well, at least she's uppity mobile. Okay, go home then. She's at the castle already. 
So away went Trapper Mori and found his wife standing before a great castle. See? Is this not fine? They went into the castle, and many servants were there, and the rooms were richly furnished with handsome chairs and tables. And behind the castle was a park, half a mile long, full of sheep and goats and rabbits and deer and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my! It is fine indeed. Now we shall live contented and happy in this beautiful castle for the rest of our lives. Mm, perhaps. Perhaps. You're so quick to settle. Let's sleep on it before we make up our minds. Oh, man. We're back. When we left Trapper Mori and wife Lucille, they were sleeping in their brand new stone castle. But would they be content with this? Let's get back to the story and find out. The next morning, when they awoke, it was broad daylight. Wife Lucille jogged Trapper Mori with her elbow. Get up, Trapper. Huh? What? Oh, I don't want to go to school, Mom. Oh, huh? What is it, wife? I'd like to be president. President? Mm -hmm. How can you be president? There's only one at a time, and we already have one. Are you crossing me? No. I thought not. I shall be president and this very day. But the toad can't make you president. And I sure wouldn't like to ask for such a thing. Nonsense. It's a pittance to ask him in return for his life. Now go and make it so. But, but... Go! Why? Go! So the trapper went, and when he came to the shore of the pond, the wind was raging and the waves were dashing on the rocks and the sky was dark with flying clouds. The trapper was frightened, but he called out. Enchanted Toad Liz, down with the fish. Ease my load, please. Grant my wish. Toad Liz hopped up again. Let me guess, she's still not happy. Oh, no. Now she wants to be president. I told you she wouldn't be happy. Oh, go home. She's president already. You can do that? It's done. So Trapper Mori went home and found his wife sitting in the seat of power in the president's office, surrounded by all of the pomp that office affords. Mori gazed at her in all her magnificence. Wife, you are president indeed. I am. And a grand thing it is. Well, now you must be content, for you can be nothing greater. Oh, we'll see about that. Oh, no. They went to bed, but wife Lucille could not sleep all night long because she was trying to think of what she could be next. At last, morning came and the sun rose, and that's when it hit her. Aha! Husband! Ah! What? Huh? What is it? I was about to sleep when the sun disturbed me with its bright light. Oh, I'm so sorry, my dear. And then it occurred to me. Cannot I prevent the sun from rising? What? Go to the toad and tell him I want to be lord of the sun and moon. Lord of the... Mm -hmm. Alas, wife, cannot you be content to be president? No! I'm very uncontent, huh. uh, miscontent, malcontent. I can't bear to see the sun and the moon rise without my leave, so... Go to the toad at once. Ah. Trapper Mori went, and as he approached the shore, a dreadful storm arose. The trees and rocks shook, the sky grew black, the lightning flashed, and the thunder rolled, and the pond was stirred to its very depths. 
Trapper Maury trembled so that his knees knocked together and had hardly strength to stand in the gale. Enchanted Toad Liz! Down with the... Toad Liz popped up. Oi, Zay, what does she want now? Now she wants to be Lord of the Sun and Moon! <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. This is ridiculous. In all my days as an enchanted toad, I have never, ever come across such a greedy, selfish, uncontented, uh, uh, miscontented... Uh, uh, Malcontent? Yeah, that's the one. Well, I've had enough. Tell your wife that nobody controls the sun and moon but the one true god. And to make sure she never forgets that fact... You mean you're sending us back to live in our poor little dark hut? You wish. From now on, you get to live in a tree and your greedy wife in a mud hole in the center of a bog. Huh? Oh, and if by chance you ever trap me again, just eat me and be done with it. Trapper Maury returned to his wife. The presidential office was gone, along with all of the pomp and power. In its place was a big tree, and next to the tree his wife sat in a mud hole. And they lived that way for the rest of their lives. A hard lesson in how discontent can lead to greed, and how greed can lead to thinking you're as good as God. Wowie, yowie, kazowie. Welcome back. The stage has changed again. Now we're outside of a small village. I can't wait to see what comes next. Here comes Grandpa. See you at the end of the show. Well, we've certainly seen the folly of letting greed poison your soul. It takes away not only your contentment, but a whole lot more. But let's face it, chances are pretty slim that any of us will ever come across an enchanted toad who can give us a lot of possessions. Most of us become discontented with real things, more day-to-day stuff, like our work. But that can also lead to problems, which is why we brought back one of our most popular characters in these little shows to tell us about it. The character is Hercules, and the story is titled, The Discontented Lizard. Hercules lived by himself in a house at the edge of a small village. A very small village. 65 cents cab fare from one end to the other. I'm talking small. Every day he worked in his garden. You could carpet the whole village from end to end. I mean, I'm talking small. Whether the sun shone or the rain fell, he hoed and dug and weeded, turning the earth around his tomato vines and loosening the soil of the carrot plot. Word of his fine vegetables traveled through seven counties, and each year he won the royal prize at the fair. Best veggies from the world's smallest village, Junior Lizard Division, five years running. But after a time, Hercules grew tired of the work. Vegetables are so demanding. What does it matter if I have the finest veggies around if I gotta work myself to death to get them to grow? Then he had an idea. I'll go out into the world and find an easier way to make a living. Which shouldn't be too hard since I've seen Monopoly boards bigger than this village. So he locked the door of his house, shut the gate of his garden, and started down the road. He hadn't traveled far. I told you this village was small. When he came to a cottage almost hidden in a grove of trees, lovely music sounded around him, and Hercules smiled for he had an ear for sweet sounds. And a mouth for sweet tastes, and a nose for sweet smells. But I only have eyes for you. 
The music is coming from that cottage. Now, it happened that at this house lived Lucille, another lizard who made her living playing the violin. Hercules saw her standing in the door, pushing the bow up and down across the strings. It put a thought into his head. It was something new for him. Surely this must be easier and far more pleasant than digging in a garden. And don't think I didn't hear that, Grandpa. He walked up to Lucille. Will you teach me to play the violin, friend? Hey, that rhymes. Lucille looked up from her bow and nodded. To be sure, it does rhyme. And I would be happy to teach you to play just as I'm doing. And she gave Liz the bow and fiddle. Now hold the fiddle like this. Good. And the bow like this. Great. Now draw the bow across the strings. Oh, this is terrible. It sounds like squealing baby lizards squeezing cats. This isn't music. Oh, of course it isn't. You haven't tried long enough. If you would play the violin well, you must work. Then I've chosen the wrong profession. I think I'll look for something else. If I want to work, I can go back to weeding my garden. And he gave back the bow and fiddle and started again down the road. A short distance later, he came to a hut where lived a lizard named Spike, who was sitting on a stool making cheese. Oh, what a great smell I've discovered. Spike kneaded and molded the curd into cakes, and Hercules thought it looked quite easy. I think I'd like to go into the cheese business myself. Say there, stinky fellow. How about teaching me the cheese-making biz? You bet, mister. Pull up a stool, grab some curd, and get the mold. Now there's a sentence you don't hear every day. And mere seconds later, Hercules was sitting beside Spike, molding curd. Mold, mold, mold the curd. Gently make some cheese. If the smell gets too much worse, I'm gonna need a breeze. It wasn't the smell that got Hercules, though. Before long, he grew hot and tired and stopped to rest and fan himself. Huh. Hey, uh, Stinko Man, how about a break? No, no, no break. You'll spoil the cheese. Um, the way this stuff smells, we passed spoiled last Tuesday. You can't rest till the work is done. Oh, you're kidding. Well, this is just as hard as growing vegetables or learning to play the violin. Oh, forget it, brother. I mean to look for something easier. And once again, he started off down the road. On the other side of the river... Uh, more like a stream. Remember, small village. Standing in a green field, a lizard named Mori was taking honey out of beehives. Oh, now we're talking. Of all the trades I've seen, this one suits me best. I mean, what's not to like? You're in a lovely meadow amongst the flowers. Honey's not very heavy to lift. And every once in a while, I can help myself to a mouthful of it. So what am I standing here talking to you for? He ran as fast as he could to ask the beekeeper if he could work for him. Of course you can. I've been looking for a helper for the longest time. You can start right away. Oh, great. What do I do first? Well, here's a veil and a pair of gloves. Fasten them on good and tight. All right. Uh, done. Now what? Now you just lift the honeycomb out of a hive. Like this. Oh, yeah. I'm on it like stink on a monkey. Liz ran to the nearest hive and started work, overjoyed at the prospect of at last finding a business that suited him. Oh, this is great. Oh, <laughs> delicious, too. Wait, 
something's wrong. Unfortunately, he hadn't fastened the veil and gloves as tight as he should have. What? What? Oh, wow! The bees crept under his veil and inside his gloves. They stung him on his fingers, his mouth, his ears, and the end of his nose. Hercules dropped the honey and ran. Hey, wait! Come back! Come back! Aren't you crazy? No way! The bees hurt me! Of course they hurt you, you dope. They're bees. Well, they hurt me too. That's part of the work. You can't be a beekeeper without getting stung. Liz walked down the path a ways and sat under a tree, nursing his stings. He blinked his eyes and thought hard. Hmm. It seems every kind of work has something unpleasant about it. To play the violin, you gotta practice till your arm aches. When you make cheese, you can't stop until curd is molded. And in taking honey from the hive, the bees sting you till your head's on fire. Then another idea popped into his head. The best one he'd had all day. Maybe, just maybe, working in my garden is not so bad after all. In fact... It's looking better and better all the time. And I'm going back to it as fast as my lizard feet can carry me. So he bade goodbye to Maury, and thanks to the fact that it was a very small village... Yeah, postage stamps have more square footage. He was soon back in his carrot patch. He hoed and raked and weeded, singing as he worked. Rake, rake, rake the ground, make the veggies grow. Use the fertilizer and the spade, the trowel, and the hoe. Every autumn, he took his vegetables to the fair and brought home the royal prize. Best veggies from the world's smallest village, Junior Lizard Division, six years running. And sometimes on holidays, Lucille, Maury, and Spike would come to call. Hi, everybody. Hi, Hercules. And despite the hard work, there was no more contented lizard in all the land. And that's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That was great. These shows just keep getting better and better. But you know, like Granny said at the beginning, being content with what we have is not a very popular notion right now. We're bombarded from all sides with advertisements trying to tell us that we're somehow lacking if we don't have the latest sneakers or video games or toys or music. More often than not, when we get it, we use it once and then let it collect dust on a shelf somewhere. It's far better to be like the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians. He told them in chapter 4, verse 12, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And just what is that secret? He tells us in verse 13, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. The Him, of course, is Jesus. He is all we should ever want, and the only thing we need to be truly content.